Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. Relationships can be one of the most significant gifts and challenges in our lives. The great thing is they can push us to Jesus. It's in Him we see and experience the fullness of grace. Elise Jordan joins me to point us to the grace, hope, and freedom we experience in that relationship with Jesus. Here's our conversation. Hi, welcome. I'm here with Elise Jordan. Elise and I have known each other a long time, and I am excited for you to get to hear her story. So welcome, Elise. Thanks. Me too. If you're listening and you begin to recognize her voice, she's been at Christ Chapel a long time and has led worship at Christ Chapel a long time. She's not planning to sing today, although... Oh, no. I guess it could happen, but probably I have, not. I have a hymn I could quote, but not going to sing for you. You're not going to no. sing for us? No. Okay. Well, if you're hearing Elisa's voice and thinking, I've heard that voice before, you probably have, and it's probably been in worship. And today I'm excited for you to get to hear a little bit more of the heart of the person that leads us in worship. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And we love to start off our episodes by asking everyone, what is a little something that has brought you joy lately? Love it. I know exactly what. My daughter just got married. and So fun. I know. When she texts me, I have her new last name in there with like a little flower in between it as her contact, you know, Aww. like Audrey Flower Broyles is her new last name. That's so weird. But yeah, so when she texts me, it pops up with her new last name and it just, I love it. I love it to death. So, and it's just sweet to have a sweet relationship with her. There has been seasons where it wasn't sweet, mm-hmm. um, which is a different story for a different podcast. So I'd let her <laughs> share her story, but um, just a season where our relationship had been broken and was restored. And um, so it's just precious to have that be something I love to see. You know what I, <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. Well, like I said, I've known Elise a long time. Back to, I guess, just post high school days, but I didn't get to know you growing up earlier in your life. So mm-hmm. tell me and tell us a little bit about what was life growing up for Elise like? Oh my goodness. Um, lots of fun, I would say. I, love um, that. I know I have I have a lot of sweet, sweet memories of just being a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I are so much alike, I think, you know, which is 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 fun to see, but we had a blast together and we were homeschooled, you know, so we uh-huh. had a ton of time together. Yes. And it was pretty unconventional. So it was a lot of, um, you know, just learning in different ways. And he absolutely loved scripture mm-hmm. and had, um, I don't know, really just a desperation even to know it backwards and forwards. So seeing him in scripture all the time, like that was just a part of our daily life. And it was something that was a foundational for me um, just to see somebody live their life, like go to it and look for wisdom there. And um, it was just something that I learned to do just sort of as observing. It wasn't even a I don't know. I didn't have to try. It was just something like, this is what we do. It's a part of your family. Yeah. It's a part of who you were. Yeah. 
So scripture was huge for us. And we had um, a really small community that my dad, he had a bunch of men that they would study theology for all hours in the night, you know, but (laughs) that were all together. And he grew up in the 60s and 70s. So it was like, you know, drugs and all the crazy world he lived in. So when he came to Christ, it was like a radical, you know, shift. Yeah, radical shift. But all of them would gather and like pick apart theology and go through things. So they finally started a community, like a little church, and we had a lot of my friends were there that we all kind of even homeschooled together. It was it was a really tight knit, sweet community. I I loved it. Um but it was it was an interesting time because there was some conflict between some of the guys and my dad had um I don't know because I was a kid. I don't really understand what all went down, mm-hmm. but it was it was like a, a complete severing, and so wow. we had like zero contact with those people wow. at a certain time, and it wasn't really explained to me. But we even moved away and um, lived with my grandparents for a short time while we were figuring out what to do. But anyway, it was a lonely. It was a really lonely time, um, but. I mean, I like I said, I have sweet memories, and I felt adored. <laughs> I love you know, that. I felt adored, so I love that foundation that I, I have, I have sweet memories because things weren't always sweet, and they got harder with time. So it was, it was good to be able to go back to that, you know. And I know we are going to talk about some of those harder times, but there's always been a, a sweetness, an honoring, a real tenderness for your family, mm-hmm. even in the hard things that I know mm-hmm. we're going to share. And I've always saw and felt that from you, even to today, mm-hmm. when you speak about your family, there's still a real tenderness and compassion and love for them. But I know you've kind of opened the door for us mm-hmm. as you grew up, mm-hmm. probably in a in a gradual way, you began to see some cracks and some things that were difficult and didn't quite fit. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, all of us have that moment when you realize your parents aren't perfect. <laughs> no. <laughs> Such a bummer. It was even a bigger bummer when I was a parent and, and realized, yeah, one. I was like, oh dear, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, please, Lord, don't let them remember any of this. No. Um, but yeah, just realizing um, my dad had a really hard growing up situation too that I didn't really know all that story until later. But um, so he was dealing with with things that I was unaware of, you know, some, some big stuff, some rejection and shame. And, um, so it's a lot more understandable for me once I know what he went through. Yeah, for sure. I'm just struggling to do things completely different. He wanted to be the perfect dad. You know, he wanted to give us faith and a secure home and a place where he was always present and because his dad just wasn't. And so, um, he was kind of overcorrecting, <laughs> I guess is what, you know, he was yeah. overcorrecting. He was trying to be the perfect dad, present for everything and like guiding. And um, so when that, it just, he would just have mood swings though. He had some issues. I think probably, I don't know what, manic depression or mm-hmm. even bipolar. I'm not even really sure. Um, and it wasn't usually aimed at me. So it wasn't, I would just see him be, just snappy or critical, you know, and I would think that that's really strange. Like I thought those were people that hmm. were our best friends or what, you know. Right, right. So I didn't, I didn't really see it as a pattern for sure until later. But um, 
But I had, you know, my mom, I would see her in the Word, and she was super quiet and just just really sweet, you know, would never, she's just super sweet. But I would see her sitting in the Word, and my dad would sometimes, it would be a bad day, like we would just have bad days where he would wake up and it would be really hard, and and we would just sort of avoid or appease or, um, you know, try not to make it worse. So we would be quiet. We would play quietly. We were all tried to be more just well-behaved when normally it was a really boisterous, loud house <laughs> where he was a part of all the fun. So it was, it was a contrast that was confusing as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, just kind of learning how to avoid it, you know, is, is how I dealt with it. Um, there were some really hard moments where um, – just memories that I have that are really painful that I'm, I can't imagine as a parent, of course, and now I can because I've done some really painful things. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wow, Lord. Um, you know, like he would wake up, wake us up in the middle of the night and we hadn't picked up our toys like we should have. And he, he loaded them all up with my sister and I and took us to Goodwill and like dumped oh, wow. every toy we owned out. And I remember just staring there and like standing there realizing I couldn't even cry. Like I knew if I cried, it would, it would be worse. Yeah, it would be worse. So I was just, I remember just thinking, wow. I don't even know what to do with this, you know, like, but it didn't matter to me. I wanted my dad to be, I wanted him like to not be upset more than I wanted my toys, you know, like wow. that was scarier for me than not having all my toys. But I remember like I had a little necklace I'd gotten at the beach when we went to South Padre and he'd like tore it off my neck and put it on the pile. And so just things like that, that you're just like, why, you know, like, why would a parent do that to somebody they love? Mm. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I know that you loved him and I know that it was both you loved him and it was painful. It was both of those things. It was both. I know you've talked too about how scripture was important, but yet I'm imagining in those situations that you began, or I'm guessing you felt like you had to get it all right. You had to be perfect to be daddy's girl. You had to be perfect to make everything okay for your dad. Mm -hmm. And that becomes a really hard standard to live up to. Mm -hmm. So did you experience that or how did you kind of see that play out? Yeah, for sure. I, I was definitely a performer, you know, for him, um, because I wanted to be, you know, like who, who wouldn't want to be on somebody's, um, you know, a number one list. I loved it. Yeah. And, and like I said, for the most part, my memories are not painful. Um, there's just, you know, little things. And my mom couldn't handle him. So it was real interesting because I could. It was like I had this little, I don't know, we were just very similar. I could go in there and and mess with him or tell a joke or do something, and he would sort of snap out of it. So it was a, and sometimes, no, sometimes we would have longer conversations, not about what he was upset about. It would all be something completely to distract him, but he would come out on the other side and be like, okay, dad is back. This is awesome. And then we would, you know, be back to normal for a long time. But it was my mom, even later, like in middle school, I remember her saying to me, like, you're the only one. Wow. And it was given to me like, this is your job. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, So I didn't really understand what she meant. I didn't know the fear that she had. I didn't know that her marriage probably wasn't a safe place for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Because to me, I would, I mean, I just adored my dad. So I was, you know, 
-hmm. I didn't understand it. And her reserved way was something that I didn't feel close to her because she didn't open up. So I never had like, um, I just didn't feel that close because she just Mm -hmm. did not open up. She was a very private person. Um, So it was hard, hard to not have that later when my dad and I had more issues. I definitely craved that time with my mom because I knew she understood, you know, I knew she had insight into Into that. Yeah. I know you've talked before too, or shared a story with me one time that I think um, was insightful or you've shared that it's impacted you about how you learned about the promises of God and what God did promise and didn't promise specifically related to your brother. Do you mind sharing that story? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, um, just, just scripture for, um, just understanding and discerning where, what scriptures do we take literally, what scriptures are meant for certain times to certain people, you know, it was, it was a, I was confused of course, but, um, I see my dad kind of pull some things out of context sometimes and, I didn't know that's what was happening, but he would think, you know, if you pray in faith that somebody would be healed or uh, that you want to move a mountain or whatever it was, you know, that if you had enough faith that it would happen. And he believed uh, my brother who had cerebral palsy and was in a wheelchair um, could, you know, just start walking if he could muster up enough faith. So he planned an event and it was out, I don't know how many months, I don't know, it could have been a year, but... um, he planned an event to like gather a bunch of people. And I don't know what he did in his mind that made him think he'd reached that point where his faith was big enough, but it was an interesting exercise. Um, And, you know, lots of people came, we had a cake, like there was everything to celebrate when he got out of his chair to start walking. And, and it, didn't happen. You know, like we prayed for hours and I remember people would leave little by little, like it wasn't a, the event like never ended. It was an interesting, heartbreaking, you know? Um, and then my dad just sort of caved in and disappeared after that. He had a really hard time. I don't know if he blamed himself or blamed others for not having enough. I really don't even know, but it was an interesting time to see him sort of doubt and Wrestle search, yeah, and and feel inadequate. I don't know. I could tell it was it was really hard on him. And I've seen even that idea of promises impact as you continue to walk through your life. And mm-hmm. we'll get into parts of the brokenness that were to come of what has God actually promised and what has God not promised, mm-hmm. even to you. Oh, you yeah. know, like oh, yeah. not that we can't ask for things. We should ask for things. Absolutely. But what has God absolutely promised he will do? Oh, and yeah. what am I asking God to do that he may or may not do? Yeah. But he hasn't just like he hadn't promised that your brother would be healed, there are other things that yeah. he we want him to do and he may do. But yes. sometimes I think we get caught when God doesn't perform a certain way in our life. Mm-hmm. We think there's something wrong with God. And yeah. We have to sometimes step back and say, well, what has God actually promised he would do? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. what is in the scripture that he's promised? And what is it I really want him to do, but he might say no to? Yeah, I might even beg. <laughs> yes, yeah. multiple times oh, beg. Yeah. And God oh, may yeah. say no. And that yeah. that doesn't mean he's broken a promise. It may be hard for us to walk through, right. but it doesn't mean he's broken a promise. Right. Yeah, I'm sure you even have stories you could tell. Uh, I've got lots of stories about that. Yeah. Well, I know that you've described being the 
daddy's girl, special one, special relationship. But I know as you got into high school and beyond, things started to look different, specifically as you began to develop friendships and relationships outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And so what did that look like? And describe how your relationship changed some. Yeah, it was... um relationships were really hard on my dad for him to see me like outside the home learning things and excited about new friendships. And I don't, I really don't know what that was for him. If it was him losing, you know, like his best buddy, because we hung out so much. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Um, But just influence too. He was, he didn't allow a lot of outside influence and we didn't attend other churches after that one fellowship sort of broke apart. We did never find another church that he could agree with. You know, there was no one spot where he was like, okay, 100%, I love their theology and respect the pastor. You know, we had we had a lot of books like of dead theologians that he loved and he would quote. And But I'm like, those people can't talk to us though. Like, that's different. Um, so... That was really hard, I think, on him just to see me being influenced by things that he didn't necessarily check off all the boxes, you know, which is all of life, really. I mean, because I think about my own life, I'm sure there's things I believe that are not accurate or that, you know, all of us have things where we have filters, filter issues, you know. Um, But I went to youth group in high school at Birchman Baptist and met my best friends there who are really my family now, which has Mm -hmm. been so sweet, Um, such a gift. But yeah, it has, that was a struggle to have him. He tried to kind of enter into some of that and he just never felt like he fit in, I guess. I don't know. And I've been in your home multiple times and didn't spend significant time with your dad, but Your dad was super kind to me and I met your brother and your mom and your sister were both very kind to me Yes, and um, very, um, very pleasant to be around in my interactions. I think everybody would say that. Yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah. And they love to have people over, like they like inviting people into their own environment. Um, That was, and my dad is just a giver, like he's a gift giver. That was one of his things. He would just randomly give a guy like his leather jacket you know I'm like wait a minute we got you that for Christmas (laughs) yeah but he would it it was um he did not have limits when it came to that he was really had some interesting things we'd pick up homeless guys and they'd come stay with us and you know like there was some things like now I'm like whoa I can't imagine doing that with children in the home where you're just kind of like opening yourself up to anything but he was very giving and generous and um and just charismatic, like people love being around him. He he was entertaining and loved to entertain. So um, that I love that I could invite my friends over. You know, yes. it's pretty sweet. Yes, pretty sweet. And I know that I watched again. I wasn't in your inner circle, but from a distance, you really want to honor your parents, but also follow the Lord and also grow grow up. I remember knowing you in that season and not because just of the dating relationship that you ended up with, there had been a lot of things that led Mm -hmm. to that, but some significant things kind of changed in that season with your family. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I had um, just, yeah, dating I think was super hard for him. Just he had history himself with a lot of 
sexual impurity, a lot of, he had things, like I said, that he just carried burdens that he carried and he did not want me to carry those. You know, he wanted to protect me from all that, you know, just. There was a, a real genuine sense of protection that at times yes. went too far. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I was growing up, it, it was appropriate in a lot of ways. You know, it just, it turned into something that um, he had to have control over, I guess, whenever um, we would have moments where he'd confront me or whatever, and there was confession. And um, I think he would feel like he had control again because he knew all the details. And then he could sort of, I don't know, have a consequence or or whatever. But it, it was, um, for me, really hard to understand because it took a lot of time. It took months usually mm. for him to come back around. And it it was, I don't know. I saw him do that with himself. I saw him kind of disappear and have hard times himself um, with grace or forgiveness or, or whatever it was, but he, he wasn't quick to receive it. It's like he had this moment and he had to serve some time, I guess. I don't know, um, before he felt like he could come back and be, I don't know if it's worthy or it just had some, there had to do something to do with making it through this passageway of yeah. Earning back the uh, favor yeah. or making it okay yeah. or penance. How did that impact your view of grace, your view of God? What was that like for you? Well, I couldn't find it in scripture. So mm-hmm. that's where I was super confused. A lot of times I would find things and I would, you know, I was just like, I see warnings. I see lots of warnings. Like God never just surprised people with unexpected consequences. You know, like it, he always had warnings and then it was really clear what the consequence would be. And and then there was grace yeah. with repentance. Oh yeah, for sure. And even like we be, we're studying Acts right now, you know, in church and, and just Paul's story of being a murderer of Christians and converting. And God's like, now go and do what you're supposed to do. You know, it's like, wait, what? You know, like you can turn around the next day and be obedient and God can use you because of what he's done, not because you haven't totally screwed up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So just stories like that, it didn't match to me, but for me to, to be under my dad's authority, to honor him, like that was something... I even have like verses I remember um, in Titus, you know, to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, um, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, like things like that were the standard. In my mind, I just thought you don't question, you can't question it because this is what, where God's placed me. This is the dad he gave me. And if, if he has a role that even... Even if it's ridiculous, like, hey, we only wear red. And I'll be like, okay, okay we that's only what wear we red. do. You know, it didn't matter if it didn't make sense to me. I I really felt like the Lord was the one that I was obeying and that I could kind of put up with things that I felt like weren't fair or I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were some, definitely some things that he had a need to be in control of. And when it's another human, like, good luck, you know. Good luck. And I know you've talked to me before about how both a community of believers in the scriptures were really helpful for you in beginning to see grace, experience grace, take and put some of those scriptures in context to mm-hmm. see it from a more um, healthy and God-intended perspective. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it it wasn't like held over confrontation or even just confrontation is meant to lead somebody to repentance. Like that's the point of it, you know, not to condemn them, Mm -hmm. not to even compare um, and to judge. Like God is the one that judges. Like we're, we're given eyes to see and discernment to know like, hey, they may not be a trustworthy person, but ultimately we judging them is, is condemnation for us, you know, to put a, to put a rule on somebody that, um, that God's in charge of, you know. And I know a a key turning point in your story, you brought up the word repentance. Mm -hmm. And I know that for you, repentance is important because biblically, when you repent, there's a return, there's a refreshment, there's a reconciliation with the Lord, there is forgiveness. And you've described yourself at times, which I don't look at it or describe you this way, but you've described a prodigal son (laughs) type experience or when things kind of really shifted. What yeah. what of that do you feel comfortable sharing? Well, just I, I feel like I just hid a lot as a teenager for sure. I hid everything I could just because I didn't want to be out of my dad's favor. I also didn't want the consequences. Sure. Um, so anytime you're, even if it wasn't a big deal to someone else, hiding sin is puts you in the dark. Like it's easier for sin to grow. And um and that definitely was my story, you know, so, but coming back around, I felt like he had to be a part of all of it. So I would just tell him everything, you know, and I was usually met with, you know, grace, forgiveness, consequences, yes. And sometimes they were very long and I was like, whoa, really? Or severe, you know, like where I would realize I, I don't have those friends anymore. Like he would just kind of remove me from situations and, and um, you know, I didn't really understand why the severity, but that was his fear. And even as a parent, I have had that kind of fear where you're just like, if I could just do this, then it would protect them, you know? And, you know, it's within really, if we if we think about it, the sin that we're struggling with is something God's dealing with within us. But um, he was trying really hard. Um, and I felt like he he was testing in a lot of ways too. He would kind of pull things away that even weren't necessary to see how much I cared about it to see if I loved God more than that thing or that trip or that item or that friend. Um, so that was a weird, it was a really strange way to be. And I, like I said, I didn't see that in scripture either. I, I, he just needed to know. It's like, I feel like he needed to know everything that was going on inside of me. Um, so yeah, trusting God with me was something he was struggling to do. And then there became a point with this really great guy named Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who happens to be your husband now. Yes. But um, that was something that your parents couldn't accept. Yeah. And things um, changed. And I know at that point your relationship with them broke and you um, worked really hard to try to restore that. But um, as of yet, that didn't happen. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, they really loved Tommy, so it's kind of a shock. Um, he was one of the guys they really loved. So it, I think it had to do um, just with the time, like when he asked the timing of it. He asked for my um, hand in marriage, for their blessing, um, and went through 
that whole conversation with him and it did not go well. I don't actually even have all the details, but it was long and I know it was not fun for him. Um, but yeah, they ultimately said no and and to wait, you know, and I guess at that point, um, my dad didn't know what to do. So he just kind of put us in this waiting period, said I couldn't date him anymore. Um, so we had a, a big span of time there you know, we were allowed to see each other in groups. And I mean, I'm like 22, 23 at this point. So being at home still, it it probably shouldn't have been that way. I mean, I didn't leave for college. So there wasn't a natural break anywhere in there for me to, to have that space for them to see that I was growing up and making decisions. So I don't know. I, I think there was just no transition. So they didn't know how to parent an adult. An adult. Um, and I didn't know how to be an adult. I know. <laughs> I had no idea. I really didn't. Um, and and definitely, I chose, you know, to to do things to keep my freedom, like to be able to see him. I ended up just not telling them the truth. If we were together and they would ask, I would just tell them something else. You know, I didn't want to lose those opportunities, and I definitely didn't share with my husband, my boyfriend at the time what was going on at home. I don't think he knew the struggle was as deep as it was until he got confronted by my dad and was like, whoa, where is, you know, like, I don't think he knew. I kept the seriousness of all of that more to myself, like knowing these could be some huge consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just make plans and not let him know that I had not told the truth. So there was a lot there um, that, definitely broke trust with my parents and their that part of it is is a huge struggle like the regret I have for the ways that I could have made different choices and I could have done it differently I definitely would if I could go back but I know God was able even just to use that and to break my heart over sin and allow me to to go back and try to work through that with my parents and like you said it didn't it didn't end well like they their point was not to forgive and to restore, it was just, we're going to point it out. And and that's kind of the end of it. I didn't understand really how You've said before couldn't. to me, they didn't want repentance. They didn't. Yeah. I really thought that that was the goal. And I was willing to do, break off everything and, and come back even at 23 years old. So it was a it was strange to me that that's not what they wanted. And I'm like, well then what do we want? Like I don't know what this is. So I was home for a good 3 months trying to figure all that out and um having conversations with them and they were just like corpses. They were mm. like just totally dead in the face. It was a very hard time to have this, I felt like this kind of bright place for me. It was very sweet to see God come in and show me stuff. And just the seriousness of the pattern of my own sin was a big deal to me. And I felt like they could be a part of that because of their love for me. And I don't know, it was just shocking that it wasn't something that they were even excited about. They just didn't, they were not on board and didn't didn't care to extend forgiveness. So that for me was just backing back into the word a ton. And it was an isolating time, but it was a place where God was comforting and was 
you know, all the scriptures that we find comfort in, I was, I was going to those and just growing in trust and trying to figure out what to do. And through lots of time in scripture and a lot of very godly counsel and support, um, you made the decision to say, yeah, I have to move forward with the Lord and with my life and with grace. Yeah. And since then, yeah, there hasn't, you have sought out a million times, many times. Yeah, not quite a million, but yes. (laughs) Not a million, but a lot of times to restore that relationship, but it hasn't yet restored. Yeah, leaving was like removing myself from their home was, you know, to my dad, it was like I was dead to him. Yeah. I mean, it was like divorcing everything that I had known. So, and he told me that, you know, he, he, he would flip back and forth between we love you to death, we'd give our life for you to curses and things that um, did not make sense to me. I didn't understand how that works, but it was clear, you know, that it, I needed to leave and, but very confusing. like Really to, confusing. Oh yeah, really confusing. I know you've talked uh, to me before about one of the key pieces as you walk through walking with the Lord after that was reframing the story. Mm-hmm. The story didn't change, but the frame you put around the story was different. What is? What do you mean by that? Well, I think being a lot like my dad, right? I had taken responsibility for his actions. And so I had taken, like, if, if I hadn't done this, this wouldn't have happened, which... Yeah, obviously, if I were a sinless, perfect person, there would have been nothing for him to respond to, <laughs> right? But his actions and his, the way he took truth and made it, you know, what he wanted it to mean. And um, his he has to be his own person and I have to let him own his own actions. And that's super hard to do when you, I just felt responsible for him all growing up in so many ways. So this was just another way for me to pretend I'm God and, you know, and yeah. it just wasn't healthy. And I didn't realize it was what he was doing to me too. I was re- I was doing the same thing. So it was a really interesting moment in counseling when they, when my counselor said, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't have any part of your story that I would say, I think you're exaggerating or I think you're, she said, but I hear you taking ownership of like your dad's actions. And I don't know how you can move forward without just owning your own, like, tell me your story. And I had the hardest time, you know, just saying, well, this is what I did. And she, you know, she just would remind me of what scripture said and that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we confess our sins. He's faithful to forgive us. You know, he, God is faithful um, and he cleanses from all unrighteousness. Like we don't have, there's not this, middle ground where we're waiting for that to happen. Christ has accomplished all of that on the cross and it's, it is finished, right? Yeah. It is finished. It is finished. And I remember you saying you felt like at home, you never quite know where you stood, but with God, you knew where you stood. Yeah. What did that mean to you? Well, it was stability, right? It was um, not... We didn't wonder. I didn't wonder about God's character. At times I did. I mean, I had hard times after I had left where I realized I had put the filter of my own father on God like we all do. I'm sure, sure. we do. Yeah. Where we we don't know how to separate the two. Um, and and then I would read scripture and it just didn't match up. So I thought, okay, you know, what 
you're unchanging. Like you can't change. You don't, he's not moody and, you know, like sin is sin. And, and it is something, yes, he absolutely hates sin because it keeps us from him, right? It keeps us from relationship, from fellowship, from him, um, which is what he wants for us. Mm-hmm. And that's why he sent his son. Like we have what Christ has done. I, and I will never forget the moment that I thought, there's nobody that has this story. You know, like, mm-hmm. why is this my story? I was angry. I was um, just dealing with a lot of, it just didn't seem fair. And I, I remember just thinking, there's nobody else that has my story. And I would read in Matthew, I can't remember which one, which uh, verse it is, but where Christ is on the cross, right? He's already taking on our sin. sin. Yeah. And and this is this is him, you know, saying his last words are, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that him, um, how deep the Father's love for us. I can barely sing it. Anytime it's like the song I'm supposed to sing, I'm like, where oh. the Father turns his face away. I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to make it. I'm not oh, going to make it. I've never that thought part. about that. Yeah, the Father in relation to your story turns yes. his face away, and and I've known that song, and I've known that story, and it was just a moment where God was able to show me that I was not alone in that. Like that is something that's that's what sin does that separates us. And Jesus was willing to like have his Father turn his back on him for my sin. Like it made it just so precious to me to know that he knew what it felt like. Mm. Um, and that he was sinless and willing to do it. Like, I deserved that. That was something that my sin has consequences. Like, I deserve that. And Christ was willing to take it on for me. I just, um, yeah. I have this image. We'll take this part out if you don't want this part shared. Um, I I don't know if I've ever told you this. I was at your wedding. You know that. Yes. I might, and I loved being at your wedding because... Your biological family wasn't there, but your spiritual family was there in force and loved you to pieces. And I probably shouldn't have come to your wedding because I had surgery like a day or two before. I don't know that you knew that. Yeah, you didn't know that. And I remember being in the middle of your wedding thinking, I may not make it through this wedding and please don't faint at Elise's wedding. And I did not come to your reception. Did you drive yourself? (laughs) I did terrible with anesthesia. And like, I really thought I was going to be fine and I was not fine. But... I don't remember many weddings, but I remember Tommy Jordan as you were walking down the aisle. Yeah. Just you walking. I remember Tommy Jordan running down the aisle, your husband, to walk down the aisle. He was not supposed to run, but yeah. But he kind of did. Oh, he totally did. (laughs) He ran down the aisle to get beside you to walk down with you. And Tommy isn't Jesus, and no, no, we all right. know that. Yeah. That's not the point. But when you're talking about yeah. feeling someone know and love and run to you in grace, yes, yeah, it's that picture that, again, I sh- maybe from anesthesia perspective, shouldn't have gone yeah. to your wedding, but I totally, and I don't remember many weddings, but just that picture from your wedding of seeing mm-hmm. the love of Christ come after, pursue, receive us with grace, yeah. love yeah. us is Amazing. a very powerful. And I remember your face in that moment, the yeah. emotion of that was very it was. profound. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't tell our pastor Ted Weesty until right before 
it was happening because he knew I didn't have anyone walking me down the aisle. I had many, many men offer, which was very sweet, but it was just so like inadequate. You know, I was like, nobody will ever be I my can't dad. Do that. Yeah, I don't know. There was no way a stand-in dad would be. I was just like, you have no idea how painful this is, and it like I just have to go by myself. Like, there's nobody that could meet that role. Um, and so my husband and I talked about it and he was like, I'm going to come for you. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So like, okay. So we opened the doors and I stood in the back and, you know, he came for his bride, which was really sweet. And, and our pastor was awesome. Like he totally wove it into the sermon. He had two seconds warning, <laughs> but he wove it in and made it like just incredible. It was a sweet picture of Christ coming for his church and... Yeah, I, it was, I'm glad you came. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was, again, like, yeah. obviously I'm super glad I came and yes. I'm fine. And I didn't come to the reception, but I did come to the wedding. And yeah. just that picture of Christ yeah. coming for his bride was just very clear yeah. in that picture and his love for you. And I know you experienced, again, we all, Jesus, God is who God is. And we all experience him through different ways in our life. But I know there are things that, Based on your story, you've gotten to experience about Christ, and you've even shared some of them. I know you experienced Him as provider and in a lot of different ways. What are some other things that through your story you really tasted of the goodness and character of God? Wow. Um, well, just His faithfulness. It is There is something about being pursued, that constant um, invitation you know, and just that he can see everything. There's such a comfort to know when he, when his spirit convicts of sin and, and there's those moments there, there's just, there's nothing about it that isn't comforting. It's like there's freedom offered at the exact same time that you are being, you know, like things are being revealed that are hard to hear about yourself. Um, but just that he's everything, you know, he's everything. I, I have um, just the verses like where we invite God to search us and know us. I've, I have a lot of, I have a hard time even trusting myself sometimes. Like I'll question, um, uh, yeah, I just, I just have a hard time and it's comforting to know that he knows everything and he's not going to withhold the truth from me that he um, isn't going to let me flounder. There isn't, you know, there is not a, a moment that he isn't going to guide me. And if I draw near to him, like he's right there. There's not a, there's not a space. Um, <clears throat> but even just, you know, realizing what we put our hope in. I think I've had, I had a lot of things that I put my hope in as a kid or, you know, just things that you count on, things that you take for granted. And when those get stripped away, you really do you have to find like, where's the thing that doesn't where's get stripped away? Yeah, I've got to find that. So he, he's he been just that thing that I hold on to. Like, I know it can't be taken away from me. And it is a comfort to to have something that steady and that comforting that isn't scary. You know, it's like something that strong seems like it could be scary, but it's not. It's like he's his his strength is for our protection and our salvation, it's not uh, intimidating. You know, it's not, it doesn't flip on us. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been, it has been a, 
a chance for me to share with other people that I see walking through really hard loss or just, you know, when you're just surprised by how life turns out, um, that God uses those moments and it has allowed me to share my story with people that, you know, it shocks me every time I hear a similar, I'm like, wait, wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's hope, like, and there's also hope for that to be restored, you know, like to be able to, to, to give them courage to keep trying, to give them, you know, courage to keep praying and to not give up and to keep persevering. I'm sure we have people listening who have broken relationships that are, it's messy. Like it could be multiple uh, people involved and and lots of mixed up. It's not usually one-sided, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's hard, hard to decipher how to pursue that person, but just not to give up on them because God's spirit can do anything and everything. When we look at Paul, like, oh my goodness, that he could flip flip an enemy into, you know, a missionary. It's just incredible to hear that. So that's for me, it's just his perseverance is something that has kept me moving forward and and seeing that hope. And we've had lots of opportunities even as parents to to mess it up, you know. <laughs> and being to come, a parent is not uh, easy. Yeah. Come back around and say yeah, we're going to do that differently. You know, we're going to come back and and ask for forgiveness ourselves. That's crazy. What a crazy novel idea. Yeah, <laughs> parents mess yeah, up and can be forgiven yeah, too. Yeah, what? Um, so it's just it, it's been neat to see God use the situations that are in our community. There's hard things happening all around us, and and we have we have been through things that we can walk with others and. And be able to share who God is in the middle of all of that. So I know that as you've walked through, and especially as you were walking out of that difficult season, looking at the Lord and knowing Him and knowing the situation that your family is in, that's hard. And I'm guessing that there were times of questioning or doubt or anger that came up because I'm imagining for most of us, there would be. So talk a little bit about what that felt like and how you walked and processed through that. Definitely. Yeah. After, after, um, getting married, I will say, I mean, I was distracted with wonderful things too. You know, we had babies right away and, um, but I feel like I I sort of moved forward and like lived this plan B life. I don't know how um, how I got to this place, but I definitely found myself um, just sort of waking up angry. I didn't want life to be, I didn't want to have my story. Like I didn't like that that was, I can understand you know? that. Yeah. And every every new milestone was without my family. And I didn't realize how painful that would be. Um, I know people who've lost a loved one feel that your first everything is hard to live um, in a place where it's like, oh, they can't be here, you know. So raising kiddos, having being in the hospital about to give birth and not having my mom there, I, I thought it would get easier and it actually got harder after each kid. Really? It really did. It got harder because um, people would say time. You know, and I'm like, no, time is not helping. Um, I mean, we have a lot, we have patterns now. We have a life we're living, but unless you deal with the things that are hurtful, time doesn't help. 
like stuffing it down is not helpful and not saying, not saying that it hurts, not saying that it's painful for me was a really lonely place. It was very hard to feel connected even to my husband. I felt like, um, he could never give me enough of the connection and the, he could never really understand how much it hurt. Um, that's a great way to phrase it. You know, it was, it was really hard. And some of my girlfriends would, um, speak into that. You know, they had moms and they would say, I know how hard it must be because my mom's showing up and my mom's bringing me this. And, um, and I had people bringing me things. It wasn't that I didn't have people that loved me like a mom for sure. I had, a lot of people rallying around me, which was so sweet. But there's just something, it was like, this hurts a lot. You know, it hurts a lot. Um, So I had moments, I mean, weeks, months where I would just wake up angry. And I realized I was just angry at God. Like I didn't want him to be sovereign. I was like, no, I don't, I don't like that about you, that you're in control of things and you didn't fix this. <laughs> that kind of makes me mad, actually. Um, and I knew that wasn't right. And I still went to scripture to come. But talking to yeah. God about how you're actually feeling, whether right or wrong, yeah. is very important. Like, yeah. you know you feel that way. He knows you feel that way. We should at least discuss it. Yeah. Oh, right. We should at least discuss <laughs> we it. We should at least discuss yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I I did not. I, ha- I had a lot. I would ha- I thought it's so wrong to doubt. You mm. know, it is so wrong for me to, like, blame God. Um so I didn't really know that that's where the anger was coming from. But I wasn't angry at my situation or my parents. Like I was saying, God, I'm mad at you, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't know that's what the root of it was until I would read, you know, like how do we give thanks and everything? I that's just you're asking way too much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just didn't, I didn't trust that he knew what he was doing, you know. So. He was definitely healing me, though, during those times and giving me opportunities to just to see where the anger was coming from. And, um, you know, he was healing that at the same time. But it was a hard season for sure just to to walk through the acceptance of it, you know, and trusting him, trusting him with it. But learning that he's trustworthy, you know, and he had a plan for, for those things, you know. It's it's good that we're not in control of all the stuff. <laughs> it's good that he's good and sovereign. He's not he's his kindness is just it's it's deep, you know. His faithfulness is is deeper than our understanding. I think we talked about even at lunch one day, you and I, about uh, you know, we think that if we knew all of his plans, it would be a lot easier to accept what he's placed. You know, in your path. Oh, yeah. Like, we're like, oh, well, if I knew that that's what... We're both such planners. Right? And we can understand it all. It'll be fine. Right. If we just knew the details, then we would trust him. Like, just let me know how it's going to play out in the end, right? And and no, I really don't think we would. I think no, we would still say... No, I don't say, either. Sorry, you got it wrong. That's not how it's supposed <laughs> to go. So We would not... I think there's an immense amount... And again, I I can't prove this, but I think there's a lot God doesn't tell me because He knows I won't. Like I don't have the capacity to understand at the level that He understands. Yes. And it's funny, even that you say that we feel like if we knew how it all would end, we would trust Him. And I'm like, yeah, then I. But you and I both know how it ends. And, oh yeah. It ends in heaven. It oh, literally that's true. ends perfect. Yes. Like literally yeah. ends perfect. It sure and does. And we He's told us that it ends perfect. Yes. But yeah, I and that's. 
the yeah. human in us that we can laugh at and be grieved at, right. that we actually know the end and we wouldn't change the end. And we still wrestle and get frustrated oh, and angry and doubt yeah. and question and don't trust. And we can laugh at ourselves because it seems so silly, but yet in the moment, it's really hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, those moments of walking through that, like that, that isn't easy to walk through that and talk to the Lord about that and run back to truth and run back to Him and repent and listen and wait and hope. That's hard. It is hard. It is really hard. Hearing the stories of other people, like on the other side of things is so helpful just to be able to have somebody who has, you know, has a, a story to tell and hearing that and going, okay, you know. I wouldn't want that life. Like they'll tell a story. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want that. But they're so, they're able to to see God's goodness in it and accept what's going on. And, you know, it's There's just- something that God does that's almost inexplicable and illogical in the way that I could describe it. Yeah. The peace that passes understanding. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I was, li- it's funny. I was looking at you and literally the word that was, I was thinking in my head is the external circumstances- and to be honest, you've had loads of really also great oh, things yeah. happen in your life, oh, yeah. like really great things. Yes. But about some of the brokenness, there's peace. I don't want to say that you would pick it to be that oh, way. Right. Like yeah. you wish it was different, yeah. but you're at peace and you have joy in your life. I do. I do. And that's God. That's what he does. I mean, that he brings you know, life from death. That's all of our story, just to see that he can bring life out of things that don't even appear to have anything going on. It's like, how do you do that? How do you, how do you bring something from nothing? You know, there is, yeah. Isn't God so amazing? Yes, he is. I love it. I love it. Well, on that joyful note, I'm going to wrap up our time together. I've loved having you here. I've known you for a long time and still love seeing God at work in your life and his story and how you've gotten to be a part of it. And he's just so written life A for you, not life B, (laughs) you know, like it's all one story. It's all one story. And he's at work and has been and still is. And I just love that. So let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. God, this is going to be hard to say, but thank you even for the painful things. Um, We say that by faith only because of who you are. God, we do pray for in those seasons of pain that those of us are walking through that are listening, the brokenness, the heartache, would you bring the healing and the reconciliation and the um, relationships restored on this earth? And yet, God, in times of waiting or if the answer is no, I pray that we individually who are walking through it would trust and walk with you well and that you would bring the healing into our lives, um, even if the circumstances don't match what we would like. You are kind and gracious and good to us, and we are so grateful that we are your children. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.